0: And hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining today. As we are going to be talking about building cultural empathy and the importance of that with one of our very special Powerfly mentors, Vaishnavi. And so I just want to welcome you with this, whether this is your first chat and learn or office hours or your 50th. Um, you know, you're joining me on this Friday, yay. And I am so happy that you're here to talk about this very important topic that I think is. Now more important than ever as we are working remotely and more than likely connecting with other employees or other coworkers in different parts of the world that maybe we weren't connecting with before. And so with that, just a quick, you know, housekeeping, this will be recorded. And so we will send a follow up link afterwards and you can access this on the Power to Fly website afterwards. And then, you know, we are live streaming to YouTube. So if you would not like to pop up on YouTube or on the Power to Fly platform, just make sure to remain on mute. And if you do have any questions or comments, you're always welcome to come off of mute and um, write a comment or question in the chat box. And so with that, I want to hand the mic over to Vaishnavi, And she is an engineering leader at Western Union. And so Vaishnavi, I just wanted to give you the opportunity to you know, introduce yourself a bit. And then we can dive right into the pre-Semitic questions.
1: Sure. Yeah, I've been in this space for like 20 years and um, probably in leadership positions for a, quite, quite a significant bit of those years. And um, uh, with with my uh, career, I've had the opportunity to work with teams um, in different locations. So it's um, uh, it's been an experience where I have kind of been a bridge between different regions. Uh, you know, I have been visiting. I was originally based in India. I used to visit as a consultant here and work with my team back in India. And then soon, you know, I, I moved here. So uh, with, with that experience, I've kind of seen how um, different cultures and uh, play a role into teamwork. Um, so that's why I, I felt this is, this is a subject I'm quite passionate about because you see how much of um, that cultural empathy plays a role in good team
0: teamwork. Definitely. And I I feel like once you accomplish com- cultural empathy or whatever level you can get to of that, it really helps take a lot of the friction out of communications because then you understand why one team may be communicating a certain way versus another, why they work a certain way that they do. So. Um, This is definitely important and interesting. And, you know, as a power to fly, we are covering 15 different countries. It's really cool getting to see that to learn about other countries and, you know, their, their traditions and the different holidays they celebrate the different foods that they eat. And so with that, um, I want to go to the first question, which is what exactly is cultural empathy? And how does it affect people when others aren't cognizant of it?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question, a great starting question too, because it kind of lays the foundation for what we'll be talking about. I think cultural empathy is, the way I see it is, it's an understanding of different cultures and how, from a working standpoint, right? Uh, Primarily, how does it impact um, the way they perceive themselves at work, the way they approach work, um, and that understanding, uh, is what, uh, I, I say is cultural empathy and not having that as you, as you, said just now is it leads to a lot of friction, right? Because if you have some, um, different perceived values, and I'm going to say it's perceived because it's all about how you come across, um, not necessarily about what you truly believe in. Uh, so these perceived values, can, um, and if there's a difference in what you perceive is going to cause friction and that does not lead to a, a happy place at work. And I really believe it needs to, uh, that friction needs to be eliminated so that you have a happier workplace. And I don't think I need to emphasize on why that is important. Um, so I think that's, that's what I would say is um, why it's important uh, to have cultural empathy.
0: And you know, a follow up question that I have here is as you mentioned before that you have been kind of the link before uh, with across different cultures. You know, how have you been able to transmit some of that cultural empathy or help some of that understanding across the different cultures?
1: Yeah, so that's it, that's a little tricky, right? Because the first first step there truly is to uh, build trust, uh, because if you're the bridge at both both sides um you know you you need to build trust at which which, whichever teams that you're trying to build this um uh, connection with right and what what i've done is uh first off i need to develop an understanding myself and it, it it always stems from you know taking a step back trying to understand hey why is somebody writing an email this way right uh and most of the communication uh, concerns stem from written communication, you know, because when, when you're in person, you have the whole body language, which makes a ton of difference in understanding. Uh, But what I've seen is uh, with with that, sometimes there is, there is an unconscious bias that you would see stemming into how the written communication is uh, laid out. So the first step is to taking a step back, understanding why, uh, why somebody could be saying something like that and um, it's it's also about having a macro level right it's some aspects could be at uh, an individual and some are more you know that's that's the culture of the organization of the region of the company it, it, it's not just culture in terms of a regional difference it could also be just that's the office culture there right so it's it's to understand where that stems from and and communicate that um, understanding to say to the other side to say, hey, you you know, don't get upset. This is this is why they're saying what they're saying, or this is how I see how they're saying. So maybe take a step back and take yourself out of the equation. When I say yourself, as as a group, um, and then you know, assume positive intent with with going about it. So it's it's all about communicating that and reiterating that you always have to assume positive intent and. Uh, provide a sense of understanding of how or why there could be a particular behavior.
0: I love that and I it sounds so much like a mediator role almost you know in trying to bring the two parties together and understand both sides and you know I'm sure this is helpful to beyond working cross-culturally but also in, in working in leadership and working with different teams because once you can kind of you know, navigate that, you can really navigate other relationships that you're dealing with, you know, because everyone, even if it's in the same culture, everyone has a different background, everyone has different personal things that they're dealing with in their day to day. And so taking that into consideration.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some, sometimes it's, it's, you have to go between the macro to the the micro, right? That some are individual um, characteristics of personality. Some are coming from where they come from, what's what's their experience been like, right? And uh, that plays a, plays a role into the whole thing.
0: Definitely, definitely. Awesome, thank you. And so I just wanna shout out, if anyone has a question or a comment, um, you can definitely feel free to drop it in the chat. And if you feel comfortable, feel free to come off of mute at any time and you can always interrupt me. So um, let's dive into the next question. So how has cultural sensitivity impacted you in the workplace? And we already kind of touched about this, but how you've managed to positively resolve it. So we've talked about being in the, you know, mediator position between the two groups, but how has cultural sensitivity impacted you and your team um, once you've been able to have those conversations?
1: Um, so I, I, I go with an example uh, of one one time, I uh, you know, probably when I my second um, uh, event or second assignment for which I had come uh, from India to the US and uh, when I was trying to interact with a few folks there was one person who was particularly um, how would I put it Uh, not welcoming uh, you know and um, I I found it a little Concerning, I was like, hey, wait a minute. Why, why is this behavior, right? Uh, because I, I, I normally approach everybody very warmly. And uh, so it was like, hi, I, I did not create anything that should cause this. So I um, stepped back, tried to understand what was happening. And I, I came across certain instances where, uh, you know, they were dealing with few people on the same team who probably did not understand and did not communicate that they, they did not understand, right? So there was a lot of impatience uh, that was developing, saying, hey, you know, I've, I've tried explaining this a whole, whole lot of times and people just don't get it. So they started building this uh, bias, right? That, hey, this, this group of people are just not going to get it. So why do I bother? So the first step that I had to actually do was, communicate that I I understand the problem, um, right? And uh, build that trust. And once that was done, I could bring that to the whole team to also say, hey, this was what was happening. You were not asking the questions, you know, Uh, it's it's okay to ask clarifications. And uh, sometimes there are people who are a little hesitant in a large forum. And they were like, oh, we didn't want them to think bad of our organization. So we did not ask the questions. And I was like, no, you have to ask the questions to clarify because that's important. So you're actually showing that you, want to, you care and you want to understand. So once you start um, communicating why this is important and how uh, it's perceived differently, then the team's um, uh, attitude and behavior changes and it builds that uh, trust between the two groups.
0: This is so interesting, everything that you're talking about, because while I'm listening to you, I am thinking about how media plays a role into this, right? And how, what media portrays about certain cultures or, you know certain groups of people can really affect the way that we work with them and the way that we treat different cultures, you know, and um, how important that role of media is and politics. And I mean, there's a lot of things at play here. But the first thing that comes to mind is really media um, and how that can affect things. So that's super interesting. Thank you for sharing that. And. So how can someone in the workplace recognize cultural differences that are behavioral versus attitudinal, And how do you recommend navigating around these differences?
1: Yeah, this one is, it's a great question. It's a little tricky again, because, you know, how do you, how do you uh, get into what's, what's uh, cultural if you do not recognize it, right? Like if, if the person is new, if the culture is new, you do not know how to attribute it to, and here I would I would always always say, find a partner in crime, right? Like find somebody else in in the group who probably knows the person, knows the culture a bit more, and um, try to have a conversation to say, hey, do you, has this person always been like that? Because sometimes it could also be with a person, a particular individual or group that that attitude is coming across, right? So is it, is it personality? Is it, is it a result of an unconscious bias? Or is it something of their culture, right? So uh, it's it's always good to kind of talk it out with somebody who may know the person or culture a bit more. Um, and um, I think that's, that's, if you do not have that, then it becomes a little trickier because then you, again, have to assume positive intent and say, okay, there's, there's something there and uh, observe, uh, try, try different uh, situations. And this, this changes case by case, right? So if it's somebody on your team, like it's um, a person on your team, then you can directly have a conversation. As a leader, you could have a conversation and say, hey, how do you think others are perceiving you, right? To have that coaching moment and uh, that might give you a, uh, an insight into whether it's it's attitudinal or if there's something you know through the conversation you'll find out but if not if you're kind of on the sidelines then it's it's best to um wait and watch and see how it goes um and if it becomes too much of a problem then that's where you'll probably have to reach out uh to others Uh, who know the person better and go from there.
0: Thank you for that insightful advice. And so do you think that when you're incorporating someone new onto your team who is from a different culture, you know, let's say you're mostly comprised of people in New York and now you're getting somebody from, let's say, Denmark do you think that responsibility also kind of falls on the leader of the team to inform everyone else on the team about maybe some cultural differences, whether it be, I mean, beyond, you know, obviously different working hours, but maybe kind of like a working culture and what that means. Um, And so I just want to get your advice or your insight on that. Yeah. um,
1: So when, when, Again, it's, it's not uh, easy for a leader to know all, all cultures, right? So if somebody's coming from Denmark, for example, hey, I, I don't know how they're going to be. Uh, so the, the main advice that I would always um, look at here is to, uh, is to be welcoming, right as a team, not to assume uh, that folks will behave a particular way all the time, right And um, I can give a, uh, an example here and it's not even from a different culture, uh, in terms of region, but even a different culture in terms of what work culture they are used to. So, uh, long, long back, you know, when I was working in a team, uh, mostly men, uh, right. And we had this, um, Uh, woman who joined as a manager and, you know, she had a lot of commitments, uh, family commitments, and she would go on time, right? Uh, But the um, uh, group of youngsters mostly, right? They they don't have any commitments. So they would work longer hours. And their first uh, uh, kind of uh, feeling of animosity was like, hey, the manager gets to go early. We are working our butts off, right? And at that moment, uh, you know, I had to step in and say, hey, yeah, we are all out here, but you do realize that there are other things. That doesn't mean she is not doing her job, right? So it's it's to uh, recognize why that um, uh, mindset is, you know, where it's stemming from and say, hey, it's it's okay. You don't have to assume everybody needs to be like you uh, to do the same job. So I would just... Take that one step further um, when it's a different culture, a new person coming to be welcoming, to be open, and then um, wait, assume positive intent. Uh, I I can't say enough about how important that is. uh, And develop this understanding of the other person before you start judging or assuming that uh, they will also do certain things the way you've always done.
0: I love it. Yes, such good advice. And that I think applies in every situation, you know, trying to understand where people are coming from and what they're dealing with is so important. So we had somebody who raised their hand, so I want to give them the opportunity to come off of mute.
2: Hi, guys. Can you hear me? Yep. Good. Uh, I actually wanted to... (laughs) Uh, tell you a story from my experience that is also connected to the cultural uh, differences. Um, and why I'm here today, because I think when you work in a multicultural environment, it becomes very interesting because you need to understand how to talk to people. So I want to I tell you a very funny story that probably will be very... Uh, Actually funny, particularly to Vaishnavi because it comes from Sri Lanka. So a few years ago, uh, I was working on a team uh, in China and we were organizing this huge event with uh, 50 plus countries participating. Um, It was a uh, competition between children and we would work with embassies and uh, we would reach out to them and... uh, let them bring their people to China, their kids and teachers, to China to participate in this event, and we would provide uh, food and accommodation and the tickets and etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we had this uh, team coming from Sri Lanka, and um, these cute girls were very, very talented, uh, very good English, delivered amazing speeches. And they really wanted to help me uh, do the event. So, um, uh, can you see me? Because it's important that you see. Okay. Uh, So, it was very funny because I was um, uh, delegating tasks to them to to do this and this and this. And these girls were looking at me. And they're like 15 years old, 15, 14. They're looking at me with these huge eyes. And... Once I deliver this uh, task to them, they would go, okay, we do this. And to me, it, w- it was a huge problem because I could not possibly un- um, digest this uh, movement that they do this, but it means yes. So I, more, my more mind blew this, up. Right? I, I think it's more of, this. Yeah, like it's, the, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, so this. so they would do this yeah. and say yes, 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 they would do it, you know, and to me, it's just so interesting, because in my mind, they say no. Yes. <laughs> and that,
1: that's a very, very funny. And actually, I have experienced it as well, right. So uh, to the same point, we had folks who were coming in from India, and they, they would go for, like this, right. And uh, this this person here would say hey wait a minute <laughs> what are you trying to say and i said that's that's the head nod that's the indian head nod that's the you know that's that's what it is it just means that you know we we don't disagree but it's not like an emphatic yes right it's it's like it's a more subtle hey yeah we we agree
2: <laughs> so but did you try to kind of get used to an uh, I, 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 definitely, I, I definitely had
1: to do a conscious change uh, you know as, as I uh, moved here it was uh, these, these are such subtle ones that you do not realize so it was it was a conscious change to say yes and no right otherwise it's totally okay <laughs> it's, it's it's really an okay right so yeah it's it's a very funny uh, example
2: thanks for sharing that <laughs> welcome
0: Yes, thank you for sharing, Paul. You know That was a very, very funny story. Um, and so, Uma Sankar has a question and I want to hand the mic over to him.
2: Oh yeah, thanks. Um, it's an interesting, interesting conversation that we're having, Vaishnavi. Uh, I want to ask you one thing where in an organization, the organization has a culture and the leader will have one more culture Right. So having said that, I want you to let me know your experience when you interact with millennials with respect to cultural empathy. So what is your life's experience? If you could share it with us, we'll be happy to understand and how you've gone about it. So
1: is uh, I'm trying to kind of get that question right. So you're saying, uh, you're very right in saying that the organization has a culture, uh, you know, the leader has a culture. Uh, yeah. but, uh, in terms of millennials, are, are you saying that as a leader, how have I seen millennials adopt a different culture? Is that perfect? Yes.
2: Yes. Okay. You're right.
1: So with, with, with youngsters, right. I, I think it's, it's a little harder and I, I, I have a team, um, and you know we have this cultural conversations all the time uh, because uh, you know they get very influenced by the media and they are going to adopt certain uh, bias based on that. Um, and uh, there's also sometimes an overcompensating that happens, right? like uh, in the example, uh, you know most of the teens who are based here uh, who have roots in India. May want to overcompensate to say, "Hey, we want to be more American." Uh, you know so kind of give up some of their cultural roots. So with, with that, uh, there's a different type of bias that ends up happening, and um, so with with millennials, you kind of want to uh, not so much as to um, show or, or advise directly, but uh, let them see what happens. And, um, and then kind of step in when there is a, a, an issue, right to say, "Hey, you approach this with this bias, but do you see that the other person had a different uh, perspective, and the the bias was uh, unnecessary, right?: Thank you.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: And that's, that's so interesting, because I feel like looking at different generations, it almost feels like the millennials and coming generations are, there's more of this cultural empathy that's kind of becoming embedded, right? Because there's so much more focus on, you know, different racial injustices, at least focusing on the US, right? And so that's a big cultural difference when you're looking at, black culture versus white culture versus Latino culture in the US or w- whatever kind of culture you're coming from and so um, it's really interesting to see how that integrates into each other um, so thank you so much it was fun for, for coming off of mute and thank you Paulina for that story that was very funny um, and so I, I wanted to ask you a question you know how can you address a team with conflicting cultural ideas you know um, the ha- how do you deal with that so um conflicting cultural I, I
1: think it kind of comes with the same um, original um concept that i was saying about uh, building being the bridge right uh, and communicating but with uh, with conflicting i think you kind of have to embrace the differences because if if it's a team where you know there may be a, a, a group who is uh very efficiency focused, right? Let's say because um, they are very really clock based, you know, we need to start at this time, we need to end at this time. And there may be another group who are like a little, hey, doesn't matter if a deadline slips or so, right, but we want to do it uh, right, more perfection based type of a uh, mindset. So let's say you're dealing with these different um, uh, cultural, this type of a difference, then you almost want to embrace that change because you want to leverage what strengths one team has and uh, play it with the other team, right? It's not, uh, it's not that one is always needed or a particular uh, attribute is superior than the other. They are both valuable in their own ways. And um, so with conflicting cultural values, I would say you almost want to embrace the differences and recognize the strengths between each team, what they bring to the table, and approach it that way and uh, kind of navigate so that it's, it's not so much of uh, uh, friction that's caused, but by uh, giving uh, them what they are going to be successful in, uh, you're automatically uh, building a stronger team. Uh, so, so with, with that, that's, that's how I would say beyond, beyond just being the bridge and communicating, it's also about recognizing those strengths and playing to those strengths.
0: I love it. I love it. And so I wanted to ask you as well, while you're talking, if you can answer this question, you know, what has been or what have been the most difficult cultures to kind of bring together and try to get to work together seamlessly? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I would say,
1: um, a little tricky because I I, I don't think I have essentially felt one more difficult than the other, uh, you know, based on the culture itself, but it's based on my understanding of the culture. Right. So, hey, with with India, I was very familiar with the US. I became very quickly familiar. Like it was it was very easy to understand how how people are and uh, what's what some of the nuances. It's it's very uh, it was easier. But if you've not kind of lived in a place, it's Going to take more time to understand hey, why are they like that, right? So, um, to me, it was—it's not so much of a culture. I would say it has been more about not having enough background uh, of of a particular culture, and the first time you kind of encounter that, um, it it could be stark sometimes, and that's that's where I would say, uh, in in my experience, when whether the very first uh, experience I had with a group was, they were. Uh, very, uh, they were brutally honest, right? uh, So in in the US, we're generally honest, but this group is very brutally honest. And it comes out a little um, uh, stark and, uh, you know, it comes as a shock when you first encounter it. And it almost feels, uh, you end up taking a defensive stance when something like that happens. So uh, the first step I had to do was, uh, you know, remind myself that, hey, this could be, that's how the group is right that's that's maybe how it is and then i slowly uh, found out yes they are very um, uh, to the point and uh, it's not about being rude but it's that's how they are and uh, you know once once you start recognizing it you start appreciating that brutal honesty you know so um, so i would say that uh, was my first experience with um, uh, finding it difficult uh, you know, the very first time, and uh, taking the time to say, "Okay, now, now I understand," and now I, I actually really appreciate that difference.
0: Yes, it's amazing how sometimes you know, when you get to see a different culture and a different background, how you start to appreciate those things. Where, like you're saying, and maybe at first it was a little bit hard to accept, but then you're like, "Wow, I really do appreciate this." I find myself uh, yes. reflecting on that living in Argentina. You know things like at first going out to eat and being there for like three hours was torture. But now when I go back home to the US, I'm like, oh my God, I've only been here for half an hour and they're rushing me out the door. You know, the waiters, the waitress has come like five times to ask me if I'm okay. Um, so it's yeah. funny. It's funny. But um, I want to say thank you so much for being here today. And I want to say thank you to everyone on the line. And please excuse my nearly two-year-old in the background all part of working at home and keeping it real. Um, So is there anything else that you want to leave us with today, Vaishnavi, before we go? Yeah, the one
1: thing that I want to leave everybody with is um, to go and look at a TED talk by Julia Galef on scouting mindset. And um, I I kind of uh, find it uh, to expand uh, the understanding of, empathy by itself, right? But it, it does play into cultural empathy as well. And she has an interesting perspective about how you um, first seek information, whether it is to understand or to reemphasize your own values, right? What, what are you approaching anything with? Uh, so scouting mindset or scout mindset is all about seeking to understand and not seeking to communicate, right? Um, so that uh, was a, a changing TED talk for me. Uh, when, when I heard that, I was like, yes that's that's it you know why why do we have preconceived notions because you know we have this mindset of not seeking to understand and consciously trying to always build that um uh seek to understand and that mindset and uh you know assuming positive intent i think these are the two cornerstones of uh, empathy and uh, easing friction in any circumstance whether it's at work uh, or anywhere else
0: Well, thank you so much. And I want to say thank you to everyone on the line for joining us today. It's always lovely to see you all. So I hope that you all have a wonderful day and a very awesome weekend. And it's Friday. Yay. So let's celebrate. Um, Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone.